so much to thank him for. And I've got so much to thank him for, so much I want to praise him for. You see, he has been so good to me. Of all he's done and where my Jesus brought me from, I've got so much to thank him for. And when I think of all he's done and where my Jesus brought me from, I've got so much to thank him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's love him, church. Let's love him again as Brother Looper comes. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, let's really praise him today. God, we love you. We thank you. We magnify your name today, Jesus. You are so good. You are so wonderful, Lord. We come to lift up your name this morning. We come to give you glory. We come to give you honor, to give you praise. You are so good. Hallelujah. Why don't we give the Lord a good hand clap of praise today. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Lord bless you. You can be seated for a few moments. It's good to be in the house of God today. And uh, so thankful for God's goodness, God's mercy, His blessings. And I tell you what, God has been good to us this week. And He's good to me every week. And uh, I'm thankful that I know Him and the power of the Holy Ghost. And uh, I have Him, I, I tell you what, I have Him there with me, helping me, leading me, guiding me. And I don't know what I would do without the Lord. How about you today? Good to see everyone that's in the house of the Lord. Need to remember to pray for all of those who are sick. A host of folks that are sick, not able to be here today. And uh, let's remember, keep them in our prayers. Ask the Lord to touch Brother Trey. They called this morning, had to take him to the hospital about 3 o'clock this morning. Ask God to touch him, give him a miracle from heaven. And uh, Sister Alice called, they're sick, need a touch from the Lord. But uh, we know a God that is a healer. Brother Duplessis is sick this morning, needs a touch from the Lord. Ask God to touch him. And uh, good to see everyone that has made it to the house of God. It's a beautiful day outside today. And I guess the Lord's getting us ready for that rain that's coming tomorrow. But it's a good day anyway. And uh, so thankful uh, for God's mercy. We had a great time this weekend over in uh, Lake Charles with Brother Hare and uh, the youth weekend. Had a tremendous time uh, Friday night and then again yesterday. Had church yesterday and a great move of the Holy Ghost. God moved in a glorious way and uh, touch young people thankful for the ones that was there yesterday from the church 
young man got a touch from the Lord and uh, thankful for that and uh, we want to remember the uh, the announcements today and uh, they will be serving after service and uh, the young people will be serving after service and we want to go over there and support them this goes to their summer youth trip and uh, so they will be uh, serving spaghetti and salad and dessert they don't have a price so I guess that's a surprise but let's go over and support them and I, I would say I would venture to say it'll be cheaper than anywhere else you'll eat in town so uh, let's go help them and uh, appreciate the ones that's working so uh, hard the adults that's working with them and uh, helping them raise money where they can go have a great time this summer and the don't forget March the 14th we're having an anniversary service here and service will be changed from 10 o'clock in the morning and 7 o'clock at night to 2 o'clock in the afternoon and we'll be just having one service because uh, this is just a local anniversary service so invite all your friends from town all the ones that's connected to this church we're looking for a great time and the Lord Brother Ham will be here with us preaching and then we will be eating after service, not before service. You eat before you get here, but we're going to be serving in the gym after service. So uh, that will be immediately following service, and we're just going to have a great time of fellowship. I've been trying to find out how many years this church has been in, in existence, and so far I'm all the way back to the second chapter of the book of Acts, so ever how long... <laughs> how long that is so that's quite a while no this local assembly here uh, we're really not for sure but it's somewhere around 90 years that this church has been here in Silsby and uh, so thank God for that the men that has been here before me and brother Duplessy pastored here for 42 years and uh, glad that he is still here with us so Lord bless him this morning not able to be here needs a touch from the Lord so don't forget that that is March the 14th that's a good thing because if you are not aware of it yet the time will be changing on March the 14th and uh, so at 2 o'clock in the morning don't forget to get up and reset your clock that way uh, you won't be late getting out of bed so you won't have you won't lose that hour of sleep getting up and everybody coming in an hour late but remember um, I, I tell you what, you could plan on church just starting at one o'clock, <laughs> or, or, or at uh, so so uh, yeah at one o'clock. So we'll all be here on time. So we're looking forward to that. We're gonna have a great time in the Lord, and uh, so remember those announcements, and uh, we're gonna have a, a a good time here today and tonight. It's good to have uh, brother. Johnny and Sister Fred a chance here in service this morning and uh, Sister Hal here in the house of God with us today. Lord bless you for coming to church. All of our other guests that are here, Lord bless you for coming to the house of God. If you want to stand for the reading of the word of the Lord, John chapter 3, verse number 16, kind of a laid back little atmosphere in here today. So uh, I will be preaching maybe a little slower than normal, so don't go to sleep on me. Uh, John chapter 3, verse number 16, the scripture says, For God so loved the world 
that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life and you can be seated I was <clears throat> I was uh, I was getting to church this morning at seven o'clock about the time the radio broadcast come on I took them some more CDs to the radio station there in Beaumont Friday and uh, they picked out one in play and so I'm, I'm looking maybe we'll stir up a little a little uh, hatred or little love or something um, I was getting pretty rough on that one God message so I don't know if that might get anybody's attention but anyway I'm glad that I know the truth and uh, the truth is what's going to set you free and uh, we should we should have the truth and hold to the truth, buy the truth, and sell it not. And I believe that, that when God showed us this truth, when we found that pearl of great price, we should sell it, sell everything and purchase the whole field and everything that God has for us. So want to pray that the Lord will help us in different areas uh, that we could uh, stir up an interest in people's souls to reach out and receive more from God. There's a lot of good people in the world, a lot of good people in the world that love God, that want to, to be what God would have them to be. And they're, they're uh, in places where they're not being told the truth. And so I'm glad today that, that I, I know the truth. And uh, the scripture says, search the scripture for in them ye think you have eternal life. And there is eternal life that can be found, but you've got to search the scripture because a lot of people think they have found it and they have not found it. So uh, let's pray that the Lord will help us to be a light and to a lost and dying world and, and to this local community that we are part of today. Uh, let's remember also next Sunday uh, morning we'll be taking a missionary offering to uh, send to missionaries, so so uh, be prepared for that next Sunday morning. Also tonight, we will be receiving a special offering to uh, help with the insurance. The insurance is due, and uh, so that is, uh, there's quite a price tag on that. It's about $13,000 a year, so uh, we need uh, some help in that. And uh, so remember, tonight we'll be doing that. The offering tonight in the service will go to help pay for the insurance. So we try to pay it six months at a time, and uh, it does a good job. We have a good insurance company, a good insurance policy, so we want to keep them happy because they have sure helped us. So I want to talk to you this morning from this subject, and I, I just want to tell you, a few things today. I, I know you already know this, but I want to stir up your remembrance again this morning and let you know you can have God's best. You can have God's best. I believe uh, in serving God today that uh, we, should, we should desire uh, the good things of God and uh, we should hunger and thirst, the scripture says, if we hunger and thirst after righteousness, we shall be filled. So I believe that it is very important that 
that we search and we hunger and we desire the best that God has to offer. And I, I believe that, that so many people uh, that, that are serving God, that, that start out living for God, they fall short of the things that God has to offer them. I don't believe that serving God is a miserable life. I don't believe that serving God is, uh, you know, you have to walk around with your head hung down saying, woe is me and Lord have mercy on my soul. I'm trying to serve God and everything is against me. I don't believe that that is the plan and the will of God for the child of God. I, I believe that, that it is God's will that we be in good health and that we prosper. I'm thankful for what the Lord done for Sister Shirley Thursday morning, gave her a good report. Thankful for what God has done for Sister Armstrong, gave her a good report. We're serving a good God. But so many people, now, now there, is, there is four areas that I want to deal with and bring to your attention this morning. I want to talk about the love of God, the gift of God, faith in God, and just it's a wonderful life in serving God. And the love of God is, for God so loved the world. Now this is, this is a very, very important scripture. And uh, a, lot of people, a lot of people quote this scripture, I believe, and we have probably quoted it many, many times, but not really taking time to understand the importance of what was done here and the meaning of what was done and the love uh, that was showed to us. Uh, it extends, the love of God extends into every nation, every city, every town. It will reach into every home. It will reach into every church. The love of God will reach into every school. Now, the reason why you say, oh, will it, how come it does not do that? Well, lots of reasons why God's love does not simply, it is not being shown too much in these places is because that people has refused the love of God and they have rejected what God would have to offer. So many nations do not want anything to do with God. So many cities, so many towns, do not want anything to do with God. So many homes does not want anything to do with God. There's a lot of churches that does not want God into their programs because God would simply mess up things if he stepped into uh, some churches today. And there is, there is a lot of schools that do not want anything to do with God. And so these... Because people has made these choices, it, is, it, has, uh, it has made the world a very difficult place to live in. Because the scripture says, a nation that forgets God shall be turned into hell. This nation was founded upon God and uh, it, its biblical principles. Now, was that to say that all of our our founding forefathers were righteous and holy men, not at all. But they had a fear of God 
and they believed in the Bible. They may not have done everything that the Bible said, but they believed in the Word of God. And uh, they believed that this book was the inspired Word of God and written by holy men of God as they were moved on by the Holy Ghost. Now, there is a few that, that probably did not believe in God, and history would bear that out, but the majority believed in God. And what we have done, we have, we have come so far in society of, of uh, separating church and state, and church and, and religious things cannot be done in uh, different areas of, of our life and things that we are associated with, to where we have taken God out of these things. So we have taken the love of God out. Now people want the love and they want people to love each other, but they don't want the book that tells us how to love each other. God's love is wonderful because of what it does. It delivers from sin. God's love does. God's love heals the broken hearts. God's love mends hurts and disappointments. God's love will lift up the falling. God's love will restore broken homes. This is what the love of God will do. Now, I can't figure out for the life of me why people want to reject the love of God in their life. And I tell you today, if you are having problems in these areas, if you are bound by sin, you need the love of God. If you have a broken heart today, you need the love of God. If you are facing disappointments in your life, you need the love of God. If you have fallen by the wayside somewhere in your walk with God, you need the love of God. If your home is in trouble today, you simply need the love of God. 1 John chapter 3 and verse number 1 tells us, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew Him not. Now what the Scripture is saying here is what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that He has given us and He has bought us, and we are called the sons of God because we have taken on His name and water baptism. So we are the children of God. Therefore, the world does not know who we are or what we are, and the reason why is because they knew Him not. They never had the revelation of who Jesus was. When he was walking upon the shores of Galilee, there is so many people that did not know who he was. They thought he was just another prophet. They thought he was just a good man. And a lot of people has that same opinion about him today. They did not know us because they knew not our Father. And I am glad today, I don't know about you, but I am glad that I know who Jesus is. Amen. I'm glad that I know that He is the everlasting Father. That He is the Prince of Peace. Amen. I'm glad that I know that He in Him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. I'm glad I know who Jesus is.
How about you today? So the love of God is a wonderful thing. For God so loved the world. For God so loved the world. God loved a world that was full of sin. God loved a world that, that so much that when men had turned their back on him and men were wicked and men were evil, that he destroyed the world with the flood. But he saved something. He saved Noah and his children. And he, he made an escape route. And so here we find that, that God so loved the world and then he gave a gift. It is a wonderful. He gave his only begotten son. It is wonderful because of what he did. Jesus gave himself. Amen. God took on the cloak of flesh and dwelt among us. And that flesh was sacrificed for the penalty of man's sins. No kings could do it. No presidents could do it. Not even an angel could make an atonement for mankind and man's sin. Only the pure, unblemished blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ, was sufficient for the sins of mankind. Amen. When man uh, fell in the garden, Adam and Eve sinned. They ate of the fruit of the tree that they should not have eaten of. And they fell into sin. That God had a plan. He said, I am going to redeem mankind. All down through the Old Testament, there was the plan was being revealed. And the plan was being spoken of. And, and, and the blood was being shed. But in the New Testament, Jesus came into the world. Amen. He was a man without sin. Amen. In Him dwelt all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And He took upon Him the weight of man's sin. And He nailed them to a cross. You want to know how much Jesus loved you? He loved you enough to spread out His hands for you. He loved you enough to allow them to drive nails through His hands and through His feet. He loved you enough to allow them to beat Him to where He was unrecognizable. That's how much that was a gift that Jesus gave to us. It is wonderful because of what He does. He forgives sins. Man, how wonderful it is to be forgiven. Have you ever, you ever done anything wrong and uh, that, that, that guilt and that shame and, and uh, you know, you've done something you just shouldn't have done. Maybe you've done something to someone or... Uh, when you were small, you, you had done something against your parents and you were scared that they were going to find out and you walked around with guilt and shame and, and uh, man worried about, worried about daddy finding out or worried about mama finding out or worried about the teacher finding out or the principal finding out about what you have done. And so the blood of Jesus Christ 
forgives those sins. He cleanses us from our sins. That He washes our sins away. Amen. The saying is that He throws them into the sea of forgetfulness. Amen. The scripture said that He cast them as far is from the east is to the west. And, and they're, they're just gone, never to re be remembered again. It's hard for man to forgive. And when, when man has forgiven, they don't always forget. And uh, I, I don't know, one of the Sunday school teachers has been getting across to uh, my youngest daughter and and uh, she, she, was, she was talking one day uh, to my sister and she said, you know, said God's writing this all down. Not talking to her, but talking about a conversation that she was having. Said, God's writing that all down in his book. And God knows about that. And uh, when, when, you, when you do wrong, she, she will be sure to tell you, hey, her sisters, God's writing that down in the book. God's writing that down in His book. God knows what you're doing. But when God writes it down in His book, there is nothing that will remove it out of the book until the blood of Jesus Christ is applied. And when the blood of Jesus Christ is applied, it once looked like this. But when the blood is applied, it no longer looks like this, but it looks like that. Amen. Your slate is clean. You don't have to worry about guilt any longer. Amen. You don't have to worry about condemnation any longer. Let me tell you today, if the devil is reminding you of your old sins and what you have done in the past, you need to remind the devil of what God has already done in your life that, hey devil, it's not there any longer. You can bring it up and you can bring it before me and accuse me all that you want to. But Jesus Christ has washed and made me clean from my sins. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So many people today allow the devil to beat them over the head with past failures. How many has ever fell in the past? Majority of you. Well, you, uh, the rest of you already have because you just told a story. So you had some failures too. We have all made mistakes. We have all come up short of what God wants us to be. But when, when, we, have up, when we have come up short and we go to an altar of repentance and we ask God to forgive us, God washes that away and then He cleanses us from our sins and then God gives us peace. How many knows about the peace of God? Amen. I, I am reminded of the song that says, If anybody knows about the love of Jesus, I do. And if anybody knows about the peace that Jesus can give... I know about the peace of God. Amen. When the devil wars against your mind of your past, the peace of God, the blood of Jesus, the gift that was given to mankind. Amen. You don't have to worry about it any longer. Let me tell you today, if you have repented of it sincerely, you need to block it out of your memory and say, devil, you can't torment me any longer. 
Some of you are letting the devil torment you about something God's already forgotten about. You're trying to remind God about something he don't even remember about. Because he has washed it with his red blood. And if you are worried about your past failures, some people allow their past to control their future. You've got to get past your past to get in to the bright future that God has for you. Quit dwelling on mistakes and failures. Get back up and learn to fight again another day. God, I know I wasn't where I should have been. God, I know I failed. But thank you for your mercy and thank you for your grace and thank you for forgiving me of my sins. Hallelujah. He gives us peace. Man, what we can lay down at night. Could you imagine having to lay down at night thinking about everything that you've done wrong in your life? Some people are so worried. And I, I tell you, this is not the plan of God for your life. Let me tell you this. You can live in this life knowing that if something happens to me, I'm going to heaven. Now, some of you are living in fear. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to be saved or not. I've had so many people to tell me that. You ask, how, how many is ready to go to heaven? Well, Lord, I, you know, I, I feel like I am, but I really hate to, I really don't know. Let me tell you that this book is a sure shot. If you're doing what this Bible says do, you can't miss heaven. <laughs> hey. You either believe it or you don't believe it. But if you are keeping the commandments of God's word, you're going to heaven. You need to make up in your... The devil wants you to feel condemned. The devil wants you to feel like that you are working for something that you can't be sure about. And oh, I... I, man, I, you, oh, that's, that's, pretty, that's pretty bold right there. Now, now, if you're not doing what this book does, says now you have a right it's a surefire thing you ain't going so you know you know one way or the other you know yourself and 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 god knows you and god knows knows things about you i I believe it was david that said if i know my heart what he was saying there is sometimes things are in there i i didn't have any idea was in there you ever you ever had something to cross your mind? You say, my Lord, where did that come from? I didn't even know that was there. God, forgive me. But when you, 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 can't, you cannot control the bird that's flying over your head and the things that come across your mind. You can't, you can't always stop things that flash, but you can stop dwelling on it. And you can, you can stop the bird from applying and building a nest on the top of your head. That's pretty easy to do. So you can't always, you can always stop every thought that might cross your mind. But you don't have to dwell on it. Why? Because the blood of Jesus. That's not me. That's not what I am. That's not who I am. I'm a born again, one God, apostolic, tongue talking, holy roller. Amen. And the blood has been applied to my life. Hallelujah. The gift of God for 
God's, God's love was manifest in John, 1 John chapter one, or 4, verse number 9. In this was the manifestation of the manifested the love of God toward us because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. If you are living through God, there's no way to go around depressed and down and out all the time. You are living through God. He cleanses us. He forgives us of our sins. He cleanses us of our sins. He gives us peace. He loves all mankind everywhere. Now, he doesn't always get that love in return. But God still loves mankind. He loved mankind so much that he went to the cross. And Jesus gave his life for us. And then the third thing, faith. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish. You should not perish if you believe in God. Now you've got the faith when you are believing in God. Faith is wonderful. For it is the means by which we receive the Holy Ghost. Now the first thing that we must do when we first come to God, we must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Whosoever believeth in Him should not perish. Why should you not perish? Not because that's all there is to the plan of salvation. But you should not perish because you have... You have a main ingredient called faith that it takes you believe in God. So now go ahead. If you believe that God is real, you believe that God is a life changer, you believe that the Holy Ghost is for you, then you receive what God has to give to His people. So you must have faith in God. Faith in God. Faith in believing that God is going to forgive me. Faith in believing that when God forgives me, He is going to fill me with the Holy Ghost. Faith pleases God, and faith makes everything possible in God. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number 6, But without faith it is impossible to please Him, for he that cometh to God must believe that He is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now a lot of people take this John 3.16 and says that's all there is to the plan of salvation. That, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now whosoever believeth on him should not perish. If you believe in God, that does not mean that you will not perish. And, and, and if you believe in God, that does not mean that you are going to have everlasting life. He said you should not perish. There is no reason that you should not take it to the next level and receive all that God has for you. Faith is important, but faith alone will not save you. It's a very important ingredient, but alone it will not save you. There is more to living for God. But without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God 
Now, now Hebrews chapter 11 was writing about faith, so they already believed. He said, without faith it is impossible to please God, so you've got to have faith. And then he says, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is. Now, you've got to believe that he is. And then you've got to believe that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So it is important not to stop with just believing in God. If you believe in him, does not mean that you will not perish, but that you should not perish. Because you have a very, very main ingredient to what it takes to be saved. So, so believe in God. You've got to have faith in God. Faith is wonderful. It helps you believe in God for things that you need. That God is going to supply my needs according to His riches in glory. Just how rich is God today? Now you're wondering, can God take care of this problem? Can God help me pay this bill? Can God supply me with the job? Can God fix my car? Can God do this? Can God do that? Just according to His riches that are in glory. That's all God can do. And I'm telling you, my Father owns a cattle of a thousand hills. They tell me that the streets there is paved with gold. And gold is worth a lot. So I know that my daddy has everything that I'm going to need to supply my needs according to His riches that are in glory. God will supply your needs, but you've got to have faith in God. God is able to heal the sick, but you have to have faith in God. God is able to heal the brokenhearted, but you've got to have faith in God. God is able to deliver you from your bad habits, but you've got to have faith in God. Amen. Faith in God. And then the fourth thing I'd like to bring to your attention this morning is that living for God is a wonderful life. There is a wonderful life in living for God. Everlasting life. Everlasting life. Thinking of the things that God is going to give us in the end. Man. Brother Jeffrey, if you'd come get ready to sing, I'm about ready to close here in just a moment. But when you think about heaven, have you ever just... You ever just sit down and, and discuss the things about heaven and try to try to figure out, you know, with somebody what heaven's going to be like and, and man, what all there's going to be in heaven and Lord, how mercy the things that's going to be uh, going on in heaven. We have, we have a little guideline, but, but the Apostle Paul said, man, if I told you the things that I have seen, the visions that I've seen, you would think I was crazy. If I, if I, he said, it's not lawful for man to even speak about the things that I have seen. Uh, John said, man, said, I, I, can't, I can't even write it down on paper what, what the, thing, the things that I have seen. And I, I, don't, know, I don't know about you today, but I, I guess we all have our personal opinions of what, what heaven is going to be like. And I... I tell you what, I, I can only imagine what it's going to be like worshiping Him and seeing Him uh, uh, as He is and, and knowing, and, and it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we shall be like Him. And just being like Him, that, that's enough to want to go there. And just, just seeing Him is enough to want to go there. Besides, 
all of the other things. But, but then, on top of all of that, living for God is a wonderful life here. If you could get that revelation that living for God is a wonderful life here. Life is good because it is God-given. You say, oh man, you've never lived in my world. I, I have found out that a lot of people's world is what they make it. <laughs> they make it... Um, a lot of people like confrontation. So they have a lot of that going on. A lot of people can't, can't go through uh, a week or so without getting in an argument with their wife because they like that, or their husband because they, that just does something to them, I guess. I, I don't like it myself. I have, I've have, we have had a few disagreements in our life. But but that's not what I like, so I don't try to dwell on that. And I think, believe it was Brother Griffin that said one day, he said, stood up and said, him and his wife have been married so many years that they never had an argument. He said, but they have had some discussions that kind of worried their neighbors. <laughs> so so life, life is what you put into it. What you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. And, and so a lot of people think that living for God, you have to be miserable to live for God. Oh, I'm just, uh, you know, I have to go around feeling bad and depressed and down and out all the time. No, no, that's not it. God, God does not want dysfunctional families. He wants you, he, he don't mind taking dysfunctional families, but when God gets through with you, it's a functional family again. And, and God... God does not, does not want people that, that are born again walking around with a, a frown on their face. Smile a while. Give your face a rest. And everybody else you come in contact, Lord have mercy. Man, you, you ever, you ever, it, I, I tell you this, if, if, you want, if you want to see the freak show, you go to the mall on Friday and Saturday nights. And then if you really want to step out there and see some weird stuff, go to Walmart about 3 o'clock in the morning. Son, there's some strange people walking around, buddy. I don't know where they go during the daytime, but it ain't the same crowd that's walking around in there in the middle of the morning. They are, they are some far-out people. And they're walking around with all different kinds of expressions on their faces. And, and oh, you know, and, and here, here, comes a, here comes a Pentecostal. I'm sober. Bless God. I am, I am serious. I don't believe in laughing and joking. If you don't believe in laughing, you don't believe his word. It says a merry heart did good like a medicine. And just to be happy does you some good sometimes. Amen. I, you know, now, now, some of these things may, may be off color, but it, it would do some people. I, I have seen. <laughs> I, uh, I, I was observing some things yesterday uh, out of the corner of my eye. And I, I, I don't know what it, I, well, I do know what it is about church. But when I go to church 
it's hard for me just, as somebody would say, just sit there and enjoy a service. I, it just, man, it just ain't me. I don't know. The music moves me. The Holy Ghost moves me. Everything, everything gets me to going. And I was sitting at church yesterday, and, and uh, I, we come in late. We had a wedding, so I come in late which I don't like to do, but when I'm traveling with my family, I've learned to do. Um, <laughs> so I said we don't have, I don't like confrontation all the time, but every once in a while, you know. <laughs> but uh, so, so uh, we come in, we sit on the back. You might want to cut that internet off. We, we, sit on, we sit on the back and about three seats up from the rows up from the back. And I was sitting there in the choir song, and I jumped up and run up front. So I was standing up while the choir singing. I come back. They called the preacher up. I said, I, sitting on, I said, you know, I, I think I'm going to move on up to the front. And uh, she said, well, go ahead. Tiffany will sit here by me. I said, I'll sit here for a minute. Man, the preacher said about three words, and I, I just couldn't help it. I had to go to the front, and I just stood up. And uh, <clears throat> I, was, I was looking at all the dignitaries. This other guy just started pastoring, walked up beside me, and he was just shouting and jumping, and we were just shouting and jumping together like, like we'd lost our mind or like we was in love with God or something. And uh, so I, I punched him. I said, you know, man, you're a pastor. You shouldn't be doing this. He said, I just can't control myself. And I said, you know, I, maybe, maybe I ain't that crazy. And I, I thought and I looked at, I, I said, I looked at all the dignitaries sitting up there. I said, they look like a bunch of penguins sitting on a log up there wondering, you know, when that comes, when that comes their turn, everybody ought to jump and scream and holler. You ever notice that? I might be the only one that knows. You probably shouldn't notice that. That's not good for you, not healthy for me. But, but you know, when 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 I think, when I when I read about what happened in the Word of God, when they would start reading the scrolls, people would just. Man, it would just do something to them. And, and uh, when, I, when I read about what happened at the dedication of Solomon's temple, it was people was just standing in the presence of the Lord. And people could not control themselves. I tell you, living for God is a good life. Living for God, you don't have to be addicted to cigarettes. Living for God, you don't have to be addicted to alcohol. Living for God, you don't have to be addicted to drugs. Illegal are legal. When you are living for God, you don't have to worry about things that goes on in this world. People, let me just say this, people, people worry about have, uh, you know, paying their tithe and supporting the church. 10% of their increase, giving back to God. Oh man, how do you afford that? Have you ever looked at a pack of cigarettes lately on how much they cost? Lord, how mercy. You get out cheap by paying and living for God. Amen. You get, you get the best and then you don't have to die because your lungs are ate up with cancer. You don't have to get in a car when you are intoxicated and go driving down the road and take somebody's life. Amen. Why? Living for God. People, I, I've heard them say, oh man, I had a good time last night I, I, working with guys. 
Man, boy, we had a time this weekend. I said, what do you do? I really don't remember. Where'd you go? I, man, I, I don't know. Where'd you spend the night? But I, I don't know, really. What? How do you know you had a good time? Amen. But when I come to the house of God and I start lifting up the name of the Lord, I know where I'm at. I know what I'm doing. I'm clothing in my right mind. And when I get up on Monday morning, I don't have a hangover. Living for God is a good life. Living for God is the best life. I'm not ashamed to be called a child of God. Amen. Amen. Life begins when you accept God into your life. Life begins when you are forgiven of your sins. Life begins when you're filled with the Holy Ghost. Life begins when you're baptized in the lovely name of Jesus. Amen. You've never felt anything like it. You've never experienced it before. I want to tell you it is the best thing that could ever happen in your life. Amen. I, I was preaching one time and at a church in Houston and and uh, one of the young people asked me, said, said I, I, was about, I was about 19 years old then. He said, man, why, why do you scream and holler up there? I said, you know, I, I don't know. Why do you get so excited? I said, you know, it's just something about it when I start talking about the goodness of Jesus. Something just, man, it just raises my voice. It makes my head get red. <laughs> It makes my voice get loud. Why? Because God has done something for me. And God has changed my life. And when I come to the house of God, I can't sit there when I think about the goodness of the Lord. And all God has done for me, I've got to lift my voice. I've got to lift my hands. I've got to lift my head. I've got to leap for joy. Why? Because God is good and serving Him is the best life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. The scripture says, wonderful. The scripture says in Romans chapter 8, and I'm, I'm getting, I'm, I told you I'm quitting. I'm, I'm serious this time. Romans chapter 8, verse number 35 through 39. The scripture says about things that happens in our life. It says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Now, I'm talking about the, the love of God, the gift of God, faith in God, and now the wonderful life in serving God. And then the Apostle Paul writes to the church at Rome, he said, Who shall separate us from the love of God? A question mark. And then he starts naming things. He says, Shall tribulation, our distress, our persecution, our famine, our nakedness, our peril, our sword. Who shall separate us from the love of God? You say, oh, it's hard for me to smile when I'm thinking about the things that I'm going through and the agony of my life. Amen. Don't let self-inflicted problems that you are dealing with get you down and get you sour on God. A lot of these things we have brought on on ourselves. But I want to tell you when you are, when you are in tribulation, you can still smile. When you are in distress, you can still smile. When people are persecuting you, you can still smile. When you are in the midst of a famine, you can
can still smile. When you have pearl, apparel and sword, you can still smile. Why? Because I know in whom I have believed and I am persuaded that He is able to keep that which I have committed into His hands against that day. The Scripture says, For it is written, For thy sake, we are killed all the day long. This is what happens to the church. We are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life if death comes, it's not going to separate me. Some people live too long and it separates them from God. Life comes, it's not going to separate me. Nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height. It doesn't matter how spiritual I get. I get. Nor depth. It doesn't matter how low I get nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. What the Apostle Paul said, let them stone me, I'm still going to smile. Let them persecute me, I still got a good life. Let them talk about me, I still got a good life. Hey, let, let them do what they want to do, but I am happy in serving my God. It is still the best life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A wonderful life. Let's all stand in serving God. Let me tell you today, the devil will, will try his best to tell you, no use to live for God. Oh, look at you, you're not happy. You're not feeling good. Things are not going right. Things are not happening right for you. Why don't you just throw in the towel? Well, if it was so good out there where you came from, why did you ever come here to the first place? Because you were not happy out there. And let me tell you the reason why you're not happy in here is because you're not totally giving God everything. And you're not reaching out for the happiness that God has for you. I want to tell you it is the best life and if you don't know Him and the power of the Holy Ghost this morning, there's no way that I can describe how good the Holy Ghost will make you feel. Hmm. You ever have bad days? Yes, I have bad days. You ever had days when you're sad? Yes, I have days when I'm sad. But my Lord, have mercy. I have God that I can go to, that I can turn to, and I say, okay, God, you got to help me. And every time, every time, I've called friends, and sometimes they didn't answer their phone, but every time I've ever called on God. <laughs> the writer said, said, my foot, Almost slip, 
But when I went to the house of God, whoo, something happened. Something caught fire. Something changed. Where do I get strength? I go to church. Where do I get uplifted? I go to the house of God. Amen. I lift my hands and I say, here I am, God. Right here. It's me. It's me. Do it for me, God. And God always comes on the scene. Maybe, I don't know, maybe you just might want to step out from behind your pew today and get the best that God has for you this morning. Don't settle for something less, but get the best that God has for you today. There's more of God than any of us has in this place this morning. We'll never get all there is to God. We'll never have all there is of God. So that's the reason why we keep reaching out to Him. As Brother Jeffrey sang this morning, maybe you just want to step out from behind your pews and say, Here I am, God.